none of this was 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 you know on the on the drawing board. It was never a plan. Um, climbing mountains, running a marathon. I, I wasn't a runner, but to go for yeah. running first marathon Everest, then running ultra marathons, then running across the country, thinking, yeah, if I can do it, <laughs> anyone can do it. It is just that case of mindset, determination, um, and the message I'm trying to give to to other people, as I said to children, I teach other people, is that through self belief, through hard work and determination, and never giving up when things do get tough, anything is possible. And I'm a firm believer that it is, um, as I said, and. and too often we, we do have that low aspiration or that 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 you know that 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 barrier that, that, that barrier we put on ourselves that we, you know we can't do that and that word I ban it in my classroom it can't because it, it's just such a negative word if you say you can't then you won't so right. it's a case of yeah I can and I will just watch me and Hello beautiful people on today's podcast we have the phenomenal Steve Hill. Steve is a deputy head teacher who has taken it upon himself to inspire his children through many adventures, including trekking 200 miles through the Sahara Desert, completing the Amazon Jungle Ultramarathon, the Arctic Ice Ultramarathon, and last year running 380 kilometers across the length of Iceland. All stories shared in his new book, What's Next, Sir? He's even been awarded an MBE from the Queen herself for services to education and charity having fundraised so far over £150,000. What I personally love about this conversation is Steve's absolute passion for life. He is one of those people who you listen to and you can't help but embody this infectious energy of let's get out there and let's do great things. He's a whirlwind of inspiration as we speak about the necessity of a can-do attitude, of the importance of having big dreams that both excite and scare you And when met with setbacks, we need to learn, grow, and in a true English way, just get on with it. Please enjoy this powerful conversation with the lovely Steve Hill. So Steve, where I want to start is with your new book, What's Next, Sir? I'm a firm believer that there is no point in dreaming small. We don't have time to chase a thousand small things. I say, go big. So where I want to start, Steve, is I want to know, have you always been that guy that goes big or was there a moment in your life where you realized that you had been playing small and that chasing small things was no longer the path to expanding one's potential and fulfillment? Yeah, good question. Um, thinking back, I mean, I'm a primary school teacher first and, first and foremost, as, as, as you know, and I've been teaching 25 years and, you know, for me, it's still the greatest privilege in the world to be part of these children's lives each day and, you know, obviously teaching the academic side of things. But I think that it, well, there was a point where I was preaching quotes to the children. I was saying, dream big, I can and I will watch me get out there and push your boundaries. And I thought, am I actually doing that myself? Am I just preaching to the children? And have I lost sight of my own big dreams that I had as a, as a mm. child, as a youngster and, you know, getting so wrapped up in, in day-to-day life? And I think there was a moment where I thought, right, it's time to get out there to start chasing my own big dreams, pushing my own boundaries, see what I'm capable of, getting out there into the world and on my own adventures, but what a position to be in where I can use those to inspire the children. Because yeah. I did find that there was a lot of children with very low aspirations. It was a case of, I'm not good enough to do this, not good enough to do that. And I thought, right, I'm going to get out there, push my boundaries, but use this to inspire the children beyond the classroom. And that's where it started. And that was probably about 13 years ago where I thought, right, let's do it. And it was off to to Africa to climb Kilimanjaro, um, which was my first big challenge, as it were, which was 
fantastic. It was my first visit to Africa. Um, quite an emotional experience getting to the top of Kilimanjaro. Yes, it was yeah, tough. I want to speak to you about that, Steve, about the emotional experience because I, I that was sort of a point in my book that stood out for me is you were kind of like, I'm not really an emotional kind of guy, but that sort of standing on the top of that mountain brought out those emotions. What was it that kind of, you know, what were you emotional about? Yeah, I mean, I, I played rugby as a youngster, so that typical rugby sort of mentality, the lads and, and, yeah. and what have you. Yeah, I didn't see myself as an emotional guy, but um, the journey to Kilimanjaro, the training, all the, the, the you know, the physical side, the, the, the emotional investment over the many months of training, um, and the bonding with the guides, you know, and what have you, throughout the, the trek to, to what's it called base camp. And then summit night was very tough, uh, as it always is on any mountain. It was, you know, high, high altitude, very cold. It was just a slog, left foot, right foot repeat is one of my mantras, and it mm. was just pushing to the top. And as the sun started to rise, I thought, we must be getting to the top now. And as we got to Gilmer's Point, which is the, the top of the mountain, not the highest point, but the top of the mountain, the guy just turned to me and said, Steve, congratulations, you've conquered the mountain. And yeah. it just got me that moment, and I got emotional, <laughs> and I expect that. And, and as I turned around and the sun was rising over the... Wow. You know, the African plains, it, it was an emotional moment. Um, little did I know, we still had three hours round trip to get to Yohuru Peak, which was tough going. Um, <laughs> you know, people being sick at the top of the mountain, people feeling extremely lousy, people saying that's enough. But it was it was a moment. And um, having, you know, planned to, to climb Kilimanjaro, there was no big plan to go and continue with these adventures. Um, yeah. I was just excited then to get, to get you know, back to, to school to share it with the children. Um, yeah. And then... Um, the famous line, you know, pops up with, with, with the children in class. What's next, sir? And I thought, <laughs> oh, yeah, good question. What is next? And it's quite important that we do set goals for ourselves. But that final goal of achieving that goal, that's not the end because it is yeah. what's next. You know, where are we going next? You know, what next adventure? What next big challenge in life, isn't it? I think we need to keep setting those goals to keep moving through life. You know, we're never done, are we? Um, it's, Absolutely. Yeah, it's something, something new and it will inspire others along the way, then, then job done. Yeah. And I mean, things you did do, experiences you certainly had and sort of Mount Kilimanjaro was in 2009. And I kind of want to fast forward us to 2017 because one of my personal interests was your experience in the Amazon, the Amazon Jungle Marathon. And you described it as one of the hardest things you've ever had to overcome. And to my understanding, there's sort of this story around the trainer and kind of this lesson around, you know, you can do all the planning, but life will still sort of deliver these setbacks. Can you talk more about being over to, able to overcome these setbacks? Yeah, I mean, it was 2017 was bringing up in the, the game. Um, having come back from Kilimanjaro, um, I went to climb Mont Blanc, uh, Mount Elbrus, trekking through the Sahara Desert, um, the jungles of Borneo. Um, and a big dream of mine is to climb Mount Everest one day. I'd love to climb Mount Everest. Um, very expensive and I'd need a lot of time out of school. Uh, the next best thing for me was... Uh, going to base camp. Um, so I did my research and as you can imagine, all my trips, my adventures need to be in the school holidays, which can be quite right. restrictive. Um, but doing my research, I'd come across the um, Mount Everest Marathon and I thought, wow, this would be a, a great one to do well at base camp. And it was my first marathon as it happened. So I was going to run my first marathon at base camp around Everest back to Namchi Bazaar. Wow. And that was an amazing experience. And it was like, where do you go after that? And it was the North Pole Marathon. Um, where I met your great friend Heather, a wonderful, yeah, yeah. wonderful lady, Amazing. a very inspiring lady. Uh, I've got some wonderful memories mm-hmm. of my time with Heather at the North Pole. Um, and there were individual marathons, and it was a marathon then at uh, Petra Deserts and London Marathon. 
And you get to a point where you think, right, I've done some of these extreme marathons. Let's let's see why I'm actually capable. Let's push that barrier a little bit further. And, you know, the kids at school are getting to the point of saying, yeah, you've done a marathon. So you've done an all poor marathon. You know, sort <laughs> of, and, you know, we know you can do a marathon. It's no big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wanted to do, or see what the ultra marathon scene was all about. And um, did some research and came across the Amazon Jungle Ultra Marathon, which is considered one of the toughest in the world. As You know, I thought, yeah. well, why not start with one of the toughest? Uh, there's no point in like saying <laughs> go big um, right. or go home, as it were. Um, so, yeah, I booked it, having never run an ultramarathon before in my life. But that's the exciting thing. I was coming out of a comfort zone, and I'm a firm believer yeah. when you come out of a comfort zone, it's where the magic happens. Um, it yeah. really did raise my, I don't know, my training, up, you know, up the ante with the training. The children were very excited at school, so going to the Amazon jungle, because obviously we teach that on the curriculum as well. So I might get eaten by crocodiles, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> it took a lot of preparation, a lot of training. Um, and I thought, yeah, I got there, I was ready to go. And I found myself on the start line with some of the best ultramarathon runners in the world. Um, wow. Some of them couldn't actually put hammocks up, so I used to have put hammocks up with, with some of them. But <laughs> all got our own strengths, haven't we? Um, and it was the most amazing adventure um, to be wow. in the Amazon jungle. But like you say, I probably had my, one of my biggest setbacks. Um, I trained hard. You know, I finished stage one, the marathon, came into camp, and there was a routine pretty much that you had. You'd find a, a spot between trees, put your hammock up. Invariably, the trees would be full of ants. And again, being one of the slower runners, I'd be coming in, in, in the night. So, you know, often, you know, it's dark, raining. There'd be one spot left for me in the worst part of the camp type of thing, <laughs> yeah, right in the corner where you might get eaten. Yeah. Um, get my hammock up in the dark, um, get the wet clothes off, from obviously the humidity but also swimming across rivers and get a bit of food down you get in your hammock and get a few hours sleep if possible and that's what I did on that first night and then the following morning it was pretty much everything in reverse wet clothes back on again you know swollen feet back into your wet trainers yeah. uh, hammock down your bike get a bit of you know gruel down your high calorie um food down you and off you go to for stage two and at that point, I was just let down to pick up my, my left running shoe and there was a massive rip down the side. And it was one of those moments of complete disbelief, thinking, how has that happened? It obviously happened yesterday. I hadn't realised. And what am I going to do about it? And and for a few seconds, I just thought, let's game over. You know, how can yeah. I continue? I've got five to run in the Amazon jungle. It was a big, big rip. Um, and there was no way that, foot, that, that shoe was staying on my foot. And I felt sorry for myself at that moment in time. I thought, well, that's it. There's nothing I can do about it. Um, I gave my head a bit of a wobble, thought about what the kids at school would say, and it pretty much would be, get on with it, sir, as I took <laughs> to them, you know, in the little setbacks. Um, and I spoke to Chris King, the race director, and he said, what have you done there? Um, well, use your gaffer tape sort of thing to gaffer tape it up. And I said, what do you mean, use your gaffer tape? And it seems, and ever since, I take gaffer tape with me and all my, my tricks, but it's yeah. it's just a, it mends anything. Um, so we managed to get some, borrow some gaffer tape of some of the other, other runners, I gaffer taped it up and put some dip ties on it and it kept the, the, the trainer on my, my, my feet and I allowed me to finish the race. Um, then that race, my feet were not in good condition. I lost six toenails, um, of which I do keep in a Ziploc bag in class and I do pass that little bag around <laughs> class sometimes, which the children don't always enjoy. But uh, as I say, I kind of get to double figures with the toenails uh, in the bag. Um, but I finished the race, as I said, I finished what I set out to yeah. do and it was tough race for sure but I kept the trainer people said I'll oh, send it back you know put a complaint into the to the manufacturers and it wasn't that 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 trainer was a big part of my race uh, and whenever I get asked to do a talk on my adventures I take the trainer with me um, he's mm. been to Buckingham Palace it's been to St James's Palace for Duke of Edinburgh Awards yeah. and it means a lot to me and it, it, there's a story there isn't there and, and for me the trainer's a bit like life you know in life we we prepare 
we, we, we train hard, we prepare well for all eventualities. But in life, we're going to get setbacks. It's, it's part of life. You know, we've got to accept that things are going to come out of the blue that we don't like, they're going to set us back. And when that happens, we've got two choices. We can either sit there and feel sorry for ourselves and blame the trainer, but blame everyone around us and quit. Or we can say, I don't like it, I didn't expect it. Yeah, it's my setback. Take responsibility, look for solutions. For me, like get the gaffer tape and the zip ties out and push on. Right. And sometimes push on at a slow pace. But you keep pushing on. You don't give up yeah. with the setbacks because that's part of life. And it's part of the learning journey, isn't it? And I think that's a message Absolutely. we all need to take on board. But children especially. You know, children don't like failure. Children don't like setbacks. Mm. It's when they get a setback that they often quit. And it's out. No, the setback is part of your learning. It's part of life. Mm. Accept it. Embrace it. It's your setback. Learn from it and push on. And as I say, push on at a slow pace if you need to. So yeah. it, it's there. As I say, it's a big part of my life now. It, it, it lives in my wardrobe, that trainer. Um, and yeah, there's a story behind it. So it was was at a low point, but as I say, low points to the to, to test us to a degree, isn't it? But also, yeah. as I say, teachers' lessons. And uh, yeah, I can't say I've had the same problem since. Uh, in the Arctic Ice Ultra, shoes and one of the zips bust on that, and I just I laughed that time. I thought, yeah, these things are just sent there to try us. So all good. But yeah, what an experience! And if you haven't done the Amazon Jungle Ultra, I would highly recommend it. it it's it's a great adventure. Yeah, I, I certainly have looked into it before, um, but just sort of the description of the amount of animals and insects and all sorts of things that can eat you. I mean, I live in Australia. We kind of live amongst that stuff, but the Amazon is just a whole nother beast in itself. Um, I think I read in your book, it was sort of, you got told to run in the middle of the track because sort of at nighttime, snakes tend to sort of hang from the trees yeah. uh, to try and catch <laughs> mice. And it was just like, I was trying to imagine myself being out in the Amazon at nighttime doing something like an ultra marathon and then having a snake come down from the tree. And it's it's not on the top of my list of things to do, Steve. I can understand <laughs> that, yeah. You know, I do talk about it. I'm not selling it to people. You know, I think in the, in the race briefing at the beginning, Chris King did say, you know, be careful out there, guys. Jungles are designed to kill. You thought, yeah, you're right there. We, we better be careful. Um, and it's added to the adventure. You know yourself when you're doing these races, you're in race you know mindset aren't you you're in challenge mode i call yeah. it and when you get told these things or you've got to swim across a river in the middle of the night knowing there's caiman in there and piranhas and all sorts of things you just do it and it's me afterwards you think how yeah. do i do that because you're yeah. in that mindset of whatever's thrown at you deal with it yeah. isn't it um and it's afterwards when you get back to normal life you think wow that wasn't an achievement but uh, <laughs> thankfully none of, the, none of the snakes grabbed me and pulled me up into the trees so, <laughs> tell the story and you mentioned the Arctic Ice Ultra. Um, I'd love to speak to you about that because I know you had at the time described it as by far the hardest physical challenge you had taken to date. And I kind of want to get into mindset with you, you know, whether it be sort of the Amazon jungle setbacks or something like the hardest physical challenge. What is kind of the self-talk that really helps you? I know sort of one of your main things is left left foot right foot which I know when I first got into ultra marathon running these things seem too simple but it really is the simple things that are quite profound yeah. in something like endurance sport can you share more about sort of yeah your your mindset and being able to accomplish these amazing things that you have yeah I mean it's, it is a right mindset and sometimes you surprise yourself don't you but uh, the Arctic mm -hmm. Ice Ultra was the following year so it was the same company beyond the ultimate that uh, organized these races and they invited me to so that race, and, and thankfully it fitted with the half-term holidays, so it was a case of finishing school on the Friday, flying on the Saturday up to, to Sweden, um, starting the race on the Monday, finishing on the Friday, I was back in school wow. on the Monday, uh, with, again, great stories to tell, and 
that was that was a real tough one in a different way. As I said, the conditions it was getting into minus forty five, minus fifty degrees. Wow. There were thirty of us starting the race. By the end of stage two, there were only twelve of us back in, left in the race. The, the wow. an eighteen pulled out through hypothermia, frostbite, frost nip, and it brought home you know how severe and, and brutal those conditions are. Um, but I think the, you know the, the equipment I, I chose was the right equipment and, and the mindset. You know, I was running my own race. I wasn't racing anybody. But in my race, listen to my body, enjoying the journey as much as I could um, and the experiences of the Northern Lights, you know, the crunch, crunch, crunch under the, you know, the, the foot of the, the snow and the ice. Um, and it was a lot of mind games, that mindset. And I do feel that I have a knack of when I book the trip, the training, it starts then, but you get closer, your mind, my mind starts going into challenge mode. And, and I get on that plane and it's a case of, right, I'm in the zone, whatever's thrown at me, whatever discomfort there is, just deal with it and, and get on with it. And it is breaking those big undertakings into down into small manageable chunks. So I get another right. mantra is, you know, one one step at a time, one mile at a time, one checkpoint at a time, keep moving forward. And you just break it down into that achievement of, yeah, right, I've got to that first checkpoint. I ticked off that first day. Um, but whilst doing that, also trying to enjoy that journey, just taking it in. Because I often find that those who are racing at the front, you're often missing the essence of where you are. You, you're missing that right. you know, you've got the normal lights above you. You've got, you're in the middle of the, the, the Arctic wilderness or you're in the middle of the Amazon jungle. Sometimes just stopping and taking it in and appreciating where you actually are and what a privilege yeah. it is to be there right. uh, um, is, is really important. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know yourself, a lot of, you know, like brutal experiences are thrown your way in, in these events. Um, and yeah. it is getting get on tired legs every day, isn't it? And going again. Um, and it is that mindset of this is what, you know, remembering your, your reason why, your purpose, why you were doing it in the first place. Right. And often the children at school are a big motivation. You know, I don't want to yeah. let them down either. You know, I expect a lot from them in class and they expect a lot from Sarah. And just because I've got some infected blisters all over my feet, you know, <laughs> there's no excuse. It's a pain. That pain is temporary, you know, but that quitting will last forever. And it's a case of keep going. And so, yeah, yeah it is that, I call it challenge, challenge mode. Um, yeah, and, and bring it on type of thing yeah and uh one of your sort of mindsets I, I i've sort of read in your book is the exhilarating times when you worry that maybe you have gone too far but you keep going anyway that's living can you share like maybe an exhilarating experience that comes to mind when you describe that because i think that's you know certainly a mindset i find quite common in people that complete these big adventures is they kind of reframe those moments where you sort of like up against that perceived limitation yeah. and you have that choice like is this going to be exhilarating and we're going to get this done or is it going to be something that stops me can you talk more about that exhilarating mindset and yeah maybe a, an experience that comes to mind in that I mean, there are lots, you know, the challenges I've done, you yeah. know, and it is that this is living and at that time it's yeah. like oh you know have I gone too yeah, far yeah. and you know, there's the little ones like, you know, taking my gloves off in the Arctic just to clip on my snowshoes and maybe having them off 15 seconds too long and my right. hands going totally numb and thinking, wow, God, getting my nimits back on again and trying to get the yeah. blood circulating, getting that. You know, when you, you've been exposed to the cold, the, the pain is, is quite extreme, you know, just from that cold and, and the ache and, you, and just moving them and thinking, gosh, is that maybe my race, you know, but yeah. pushing on and getting that blood flow again. You know, up, going up Mount Elbrus uh, in a snowstorm. Uh, in, in the middle of the night, it's just head down and, and, the, and the snow's pushing into your face. You're going to the side of a mountain and 
exhilarating, yes, you know, worrying in many ways. But I think sometimes you haven't got time to think about the worrying. You've got to just keep pushing forward, haven't you? And thinking, yeah. well, keep follow the guide, listen to the guide. Mm-hmm. And it's only afterwards you remember, yeah, it was tough, but we kept going and we got to the summit and wasn't that amazing? And it is a case of you look back differently on those moments when you finish something. You remember the joy and the exhilaration, but not right. the little niggling little voice at the back of your mind thinking, have we gone too far here? Have we taken on too much? Um, never going to advocate, you know, putting yourself in danger. But I just think we've got to sometimes have those moments of thinking, woof, this is really taking me out of my comfort zone. I have maybe gone a bit too far, but you know what? I'm still here. I'm smiling and yeah. let's keep let's keep going with it, isn't it? And it's it's only at those points that I think we, we, we realise what we're truly capable of. Um, yeah. You know, people talk about having, having boundaries, if you like, and what you're actually capable of. I don't think any of us know for one minute what we're truly capable of until we do push those boundaries, isn't it, and, and get out there. And, you know, I have a little saying again, it's when we stop using the word can to start using the word can, only right. then will we start really realising, you know, that the person we really are is no match for the one, you know, that, that we, we think we are. It's about pushing boundaries. And um, does it come a point where that, that you, you push too far? Well, maybe, and that body breaks, <laughs> but I've not found that yet. And uh, yeah. I shall keep pushing and do, um, as I say. So, yeah, like I said, never put yourself in, in real danger, but let's say right. push beyond that discomfort type of thing isn't it yeah, yeah. Um, because there's so much more to give and I, I feel like this is really just like part of it is such a journey of self-exploration for yourself and I know you kind of describe it as sort of helping you to understand who you are and your own limits what are, what have you learned about yourself and sort of as you just sort of shared have you met your limitations or throughout all of your experiences so far, are you sort of continuing to expand that potential? I like to think I am, yes, because, I mean, every, every year I try and, like, push that boundary. I don't want to keep doing the same, same, same thing. So right. last year I ran across Iceland, which was nine marathons, nine days, which was, again, wow. uh, an amazing experience to run across a country. And, you know, I am a firm believer that, you know, whatever age, no matter who we are, don't put a, a cap on what you think you're capable of because we, yeah. we, we, we're capable of more than that. And I don't think I have found my boundary yet. I mean, 13 years ago, 14 years ago, when I was still playing rugby, none of this was, 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 was you know, on the, on the drawing board. It was never a plan. Um, climbing mountains, running a marathon. I, I wasn't a runner, but to go from yeah. running first marathon Everest, then running ultra marathons, then running across the country, thinking, yeah, if I can do it, <laughs> anyone can do it. It is just that case of mindset, determination. Um, and the message I'm trying to give to to other people, as I said to children, I teach other people, is that through self-belief, through hard work and determination, and never giving up when things do get tough, anything is possible. And I'm a firm believer that it is, um, as I yeah. said. And, and too often we, we do have that low aspiration or that 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 you know that 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 boundary that, that, that boundary we put on ourselves that we, you know we can't do that. And that word I ban it in my classroom. It can't because it, it's just such a negative word. If you say you can't, awesome. then you won't. So right. it's a case of yeah, I can and I will. Just watch me and. It's whatever it Amazing. is. And I'm not saying to everybody out there, you've all got to run climb mountains and run marathons through the Amazon jungle. It's whatever it is in life that you say is your Everest or whatever, you can do it. But it starts mm-hmm. with that self-belief, that decision to do. Um, it's going to be hard work. You know, there's no easy ride, but the harder the work, the better, the bigger the achievement at the end. Um, and it is about determination to see it through. And when it does get tough, don't give up because that's all part of the journey, isn't it? And and right. it's all the, the sweeter at the end. Um achieve that goal and then what's next yeah. so so yeah so yeah i am a firm believer that like you said none of us no matter what we do where we're from fully understand what we're capable of um and i say it's about pushing those boundaries coming out of that comfort zone 
and realizing that when we come out of that comfort zone, magic happens. So go yeah. for it. I love it. And what have you learned about yourself? Because obviously, as you said, you've learned, you know, you weren't always a runner. Like these, these are new experience that you've had. But what have you sort of learned about maybe more of like who you are in terms of your character? Yeah, you know, that, that, you know, I've always known I'm a team player, being part of a team. But, that, that you know, these things are about being part of a team. And, and that, as I said mm. earlier, you've got some of the best runners in the world who can't put a hammock up. So you're mucking together, you know, they, they motivate yeah. you to, to keep going. But you help them put hammocks up at night in camp. So there's that, that, that I can adapt very well to, to situations that I've got you know, reasonably high pain threshold that, you know, that when, when things are hurting, you can still keep going. Um, yeah. And that I have got that ability, as I said, that, that, that mindset, so I can, I can flick into that, that mindset of whatever's going on. I mean, let, let's just deal with it. And, yeah. you know, it doesn't get much more uncomfortable being totally sweaty, wet through in the middle of the Amazon with a rip trainer full of gaffer tape with no, with no grip, with, you know, another 60, 70 K to go, ants biting you, mosquitoes flying in your head and pushing on with, with, with the, you know, the, the prospect of sleeping in a hammock again at night and eating the most tasteless food, you know, that that's, you know, pretty tough. And, and yet being able to do <laughs> get them back to the classroom, share it with the children, but then get back to normal life. And it's like, yeah. you know what? Because I don't think until we do that, until we get out there, do we know how we'll cope with it? But it's yeah. being able to cope with those tough situations. And I think it, it then enables us to take something back into civil, civilian life, if you like, back to the classroom, back to what we do, uh, and makes us a better person as a result. And if we can share that with others and try and instill that in others too, again, it's great, isn't it? It's, 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 yeah. it's what being humans about, as I say, if, if we can right. help our other people too. And I want to speak to you about happiness because I feel like a lot of what you're sharing really plays into this getting out there. And I feel like, you know, we could generalize to an extent that there are quite a few ha- unhappy people at the moment. And a big belief of mine is is in line with what you're saying that, you know, you've got to get out there to start sort of moving, expanding your potential. And in your book, you you share... I believe that happiness lies on the other side of adversity and the obstacles we encounter in life teach us much more than the answers we are seeking. We need to experience failure for ourselves before we can truly grow and realize our full potential. I love this paragraph. It's extremely powerful, Steve. Can you share more about this belief of happiness and how we can bring it more into our lives? Yeah, I believe it's a choice thing, isn't it, happiness? You know, yeah. it's all within our capabilities. It's like, you know, we talk about adversity, we talk about setbacks, we talk about life situations, and it's how we respond to those, isn't it? It's about whether you feel sorry for yourself, you become that victim, it's all against me, and as I say, do nothing about it, apart from just sit and wallow in that and feel sorry. And, and I know people are in some tough situations, but it's got to be a choice thing from you then to say, well, I'm going to do something about it. You know, what yeah. is making me unhappy? What's making me feel this way? We'll make those changes, and it can be small changes initially, can't it? Whatever that may be, going out for a walk, isn't it? You know, phoning a friend, yeah. or whatever it may be, you've got to take the responsibility because I don't, you know, what that victim mentality that you know the world's against me, nothing I can do about it. So that's my life mm. done with type of thing, and it, and it is a case of making that choice, isn't it? and it might be listening to somebody else reading the book. I don't know, but you know, I've had a couple of people said to me, reading your books changed my life. It's made me realise wow. that I've lost sight, of my, lost sight of my dreams. I'm going to do something about it. Um, mm. And you're thinking, wow, is it really? And saying, no, seriously, that bit there made me think, yes, I've got to do something. So I've started a book this, I've done that. And it is, and it's got to come from within, hasn't it? That, that, that change, you know, we can all find happiness. And what we find happiness in is different for everybody. You know, we find happiness in running daft distances across, <laughs> you know, extreme terrains, don't we? It's not for all. <laughs> and, and 
Others don't. So you know, and, and, yeah. and it's, people like to listen to the adventure, but they say, no, it's not for me, but lovely to have read about it or heard about, you know, being on that adventure with you. But whatever it is for people, learning to play an instrument or, you know, going out and, and running a 5K or whatever it is, it's, it's a choice thing. And once you do that, and it might be, as I said, going back to coming out of comfort zones again, your life changes, doesn't it, for the better? And suddenly you just, you, you know, you're walking on clouds, you're walking around with a smile on your face. And yeah. that's important. And I say it's whatever it is for that person. But it's within us. It's a decision, a choice we've got to make ourselves, isn't it, to make that mm. difference and not mm. to sit feeling sorry for ourselves. So that's where I think I'm coming from with that chapter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely love it. And when you return to the classroom after these incredible experiences and adventures, what is it that you share with your students that you find time and time again really sort of open up the eyes of these kids? Yeah, I mean, they're so excited. They're excited before I go because I try and include them in, involved in everything, you know, so it's from September, new class. It's always, you know, when we've done all the, the other sort of books out and everything, what's our challenge this, this year, sir? So it's what's our challenge? They buy into it. It's their part of the challenge yeah, as well. Uh, and we have that discussion of, well, what do you think? And they come up with some wild and wonderful <laughs> things like, you know, swinging across the Atlantic and, you know, running <laughs> on the moon and all that, which I'd love to do one day. Yeah, you um, say wild now. I'm, I, I'm, I see a future where this is all possible. <laughs> absolutely. And hopefully in, in our lifetime, we, 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 we're great to, to be there. But, um, and we have the discussion and, and like I said, they buy into it and they come up with the ideas and they eventually I book it and then share it with them and they get very excited about that, uh, wherever it may be. And then I, sh- I share the training with them as well. I tell them, you know, training. They, they hold me accountable as well. It's, you know, in the middle of the winter when it's dark and wet and you have a long day at school and, and you don't often feel like getting out there. And it's about getting out there, putting the, 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 the hard miles in. Right. Uh, we're not watching, if you like, isn't it, in the middle of winter when it's dark and, and being accountable to them. And the in the morning, they'll say, you know, did you get out last night and train, sir? And yes, I did. And they spur me on in that sense. And, and they give me a great send-off when I go on a challenge. So they'll write me little letters to open on each day, day one. And it's motivational. Keep going, sir. We believe in you. You can do well, it. And then, you know, all that, which is, is fabulous. So as much as people might say, well, you inspire these children, they also inspire me and motivate me. And we talk about those dark moments when it is tough and you're grinding it out. I often think about them at school and think about, you know, those conversations when I get back. And that really spurs me on, motivates me. So, as I said, at the end of the challenge, it's great to, to celebrate, if you like, with your fellow runners. Um, I think it's exciting to get back. You know, I take a lot of photographs, so I put a PowerPoint presentation together and wow. share it with them. They're very excited. And the questions then are all, you know, did you see any polar bears? Did you see any any crocodiles? And, you know, I might elaborate sometimes and say, well, it's time for a river, it's full of crocodiles and what have you. And, and I just love that. But it's, as I say, it's hopefully showing them that a normal person, their teacher who is there every day with them, teaching the lessons, marking the books, can go out and do these, you know, bonkers, if you like, challenges and yeah. these remote world and showing that they can do the same or whatever they want in life. It's possible for them. Um, and just showing that journey, isn't it? And, and the setbacks and telling them that it's not always easy. Um, and that's when you, when you don't give up. Um, and it's just great. And opening the world up to them as well. You know, we have maps in class and we learn about the Amazon jungle and to be able to share it with them, you know, and, and open that world up to them. I like to think, like I say, I'm opening the world up to them and planting a small seed of adventure in these young minds that yeah. will hopefully, you know, flourish and, and grow. I mean, only before we finished in the summer, I had a little year two girl who's what, six years old come up to me and just said, Mr. Hill, when I'm older, can I come and climb Kilimanjaro with you? Can I come and climb wow. Everest with you? Absolutely, of course you can. And to see the excitement wow. on their faces in, and, and the sparkle in their eyes, it, it, it's magic. It really is to think that these little children are dreaming big 
the thing about the future and the, the, the adventures and the challenges that they may go on. Um, I did a talk in a school for a friend um, a couple of years ago before lockdown, and I'd never met these children before. And after doing the talk, it went really well. I've spent some time with the year three class. So again, you're looking at seven-year-olds. Um, and I'd never met these children before. And two little girls came up to me holding hands and just said, excuse me, Miss Hill, but when we get older, can we come on one of your adventures with you? I said, of course you can, girls. Where do you like to go? And they said, the Amazon jungle. And the usual conversation of, are you okay sleeping in a hammock and you don't mind spiders and, and snakes and so forth? They said, no, no, we're okay with that. Can we bring some friends with us? I said, of course you can, girls. And the look on their faces, they were holding hands and they jumped so high off the floor and they were giggling and their eyes were sparkling. And I thought, we need to bottle that because yeah. that's what young children should be like, really excited about the future and what they can make of their future. Yeah. Um, and yet sometimes we don't see that. We Sometimes we see these children with the very low aspirations who just think, you know, I come from a poor background, I'm not very academic, whatever, and therefore there's not a lot for me. And it's a case of, mm -hmm. yes, there is. You know, everyone should have big dreams is, is another thing that I try and advocate. Big dreams, and your dreams should be so big, so massive, that they excite you so much. And they excite you so much, yeah. even frighten you degree because they're that big, they're massive. And nobody in this world has got the right to tell you that your dreams are too big. Well, you've got to believe it and you've got to work hard and make those dreams a reality and and how exciting does life then become and that's yeah as i said the message i'm trying to give to these young people get out and have these massive dreams and live your best lives yeah i'm pumped steve <laughs> let's go <laughs> oh, right. amazon <laughs> let's bring it on let's get amazon get to the so what, i mean you know in the spirit of the question what what's next sir what is next for you I'm always looking for the next. I mean, this this has been an adventure in itself, writing the book. I mean, as I say, going back to that, it was never something I ever envisaged doing, you know, but equally so yeah. running marathons with the Amazon wasn't. And that's the exciting thing about life. When you grab opportunities sometimes, they take you down a path that you never planned on, and it might work out, might not work out. Well, that's the exciting thing, isn't it? Grab opportunities, yeah. see where they lead, and it might lead somewhere exciting, it might not. But the, the, the book did, and, and as I said, to write the book, I, I said that that was my lockdown adventure. I wasn't Beautiful. chopping my way through jungles or, you know, running through the Arctic, I was chopping away through sentences and paragraphs mm. and chapters, and, and it was a challenge and adventure of a different type, and the end result has, has been fantastic. Um, but, yeah, what's next? I'm always looking, and there's nothing this summer. There's been nothing jumped out at me this summer. Um, I've got my eye on something for next year, which is Costa Rica, running across Costa Rica. Amazing. Sounds quite exciting. Uh, but I also think about the continents. You know, there's certain continents I've not been to, so I've not been mm. down to Australia, so I want to come down to wow. Australia and... Yeah. Doing a challenge down in Australia at some point would be fantastic. Uh, I've not done one in North America, uh, Antarctica. So th there's lots of things. As I said earlier, I'm restricted to school holidays, so there are certain things right. I'd like to do in term time. So they'll have to wait until I, you know, semi-retire from teaching, right. maybe or become <laughs> a, a full-time adventurer. I don't know, but um, yeah. who knows? Um, but yeah, always looking. So yeah, Costa Rica maybe next year. Uh, I've come across a, a Svalbard coast to coast across Svalbard, which sounds quite exciting. Well, Bearing in mind there's more polar bears in Svalbard than, than humans. Um, <laughs> so, and again, any suggestions, any from yourself or your listeners, I'm up for, for, for anything that, that, again, pushes those those boundaries. Um, so I've run nine marathons nine days last year. I won't do further yeah. than that. Uh, but it's got to be in a, an extreme environment. So like, right. you know, the more extreme, the better. That yeah. It's got to be worth doing, hasn't it? You've got to have a real high level of apprehension. Absolutely. you got that play. Have I, have I gone too far here? Well, let's wait yeah, and see. Yeah. Let's let it so as i said i have no intention of slowing down it is keeping that question going what's next sir and in september in a few weeks time that's one of the first things the new class will meet with what's this year's challenge sir so i need to ensure that i've got something in the pipeline 
Uh, right. that, that's it's getting getting me excited. But uh, yeah, I'll keep you posted. But uh, yeah, I'm more than happy to do the Amazon jungle with you if you've decided you'd like to do it. I'm yeah, more than thanks. Uh, with, I'll with probably just hide behind time. you the whole time, Steve. <laughs> but as I said, let's really say, think about that. But there's all sorts, isn't there? And maybe doing yeah. something with Heather. Um, at some yeah, time would in the love that. Three of us would be great, Absolutely. wouldn't it? Um, that I am definitely in for. What a what a lovely that's idea. My, my first visit to Australia. Coming down yes. there to show an adventure to you guys. So would love that. Would love that. Sensitively pencil something in in the future. Yes. <laughs> Done. Well, thanks so much for this conversation, Steve. Truly, you're an absolute inspiration and it really touches my heart how passionate you are about changing children's lives. Um, So I hope you really feel how proud we are of you. Um, And I hope you continue. It sounds like you're going to be doing this to the end of your days. So I'm excited to follow your journey. You're very kind. Thank you for that. Really kind. Thank you. So Steve, on a final note, I would love to ask you, what does it mean to you to be human? Um, it's a big question to be human. I think for me, it's it's living your life to the full, but also mm. while doing that, connecting with people and making a difference to the lives of others in a positive way, in however that may look for you. You know, trying to inspire other people through what you do to live their best lives too. Um, because I think if we can do that and make a difference in the world in a positive way that when people have met you, they go away thinking, I feel a bit better about myself now and it's made me change my my mindset. So yeah, living your best lives and making good positive connections and helping other people to live their best lives is possibly what I'd say is about being human.